Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is February 17th. We are joined by head coach Stephanie Gately of the Fordham Lady Rams. How are you doing today, coach? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Fantastic. So you've had um, a very up-and-down week, but we want to first touch on the milestone. Congratulations on your record-setting win. Have you taken any time in this past week to sit down and think, man, this is incredible? No. (laughs) No, I'll be honest, no. I I don't think about those things because I'm just moving on to the next game. Um, hopefully at the end of the year I'll have some time to reflect on it. I mean, I got a lot of nice texts from former players and stuff like that. But, you know, records mean you're old. It also means you've had a lot of great people. You've had, I have a great administration. So, you know, there's a lot of people that go into records happening. And so, um, you know, they're made to be broken. And, you know, hopefully someday somebody breaks it. But for right now, we're just focusing in on, on trying to get an A-10 title. You guys have won two of your last three, coming off a, a tough loss at Davidson in your final two games against two some pretty solid A-10 teams, Dayton and LaSalle. What's the feeling right now and how you guys are playing uh, heading into the You home know, stretch? I thought we were playing the three games that we won, the homestand. I thought our defense was right on point. I was really disappointed, and I told the team that in films, that really disappointed in the defensive effort at Davidson because all the details we break down, we didn't follow through with. I mean, even though the score might have indicated because it was a low-scoring game, we didn't shoot well, and St. Joe's and still won that game because we were locked in defensively. We weren't locked in against Davidson. We didn't do what we were supposed to do, and I don't know whether it's because, you know, we can have excuses. We can say it's three games in six days. We can say, you know, we hadn't had a day off for a while. We can say whatever we want to say, but all it is is going to be an excuse. So at this point, you know, hey, we've only got so many games left, and so we got to leave it out there and, and no, no, no excuses, no regrets. So in that Davidson loss, you're up nine points in the fourth quarter, obviously not something you want to lose. What's been the focus uh, these past few days in practice in terms of maintaining a lead when you have one in a game like that on the road? You know, you can't really think about that because that, I mean, I just was watching the Kansas-West Virginia game. West Virginia was up 14 with like two minutes to go. And, you know, stuff happens. I mean, I've been in the game long enough that I've been on the good side of that. I've been on the bad side. I mean, we were down 14 in Manhattan and came back and beat them. So, I mean, that's part of the game. Teams are going to make runs. We we got cold, didn't make shots, turned the ball over. They hit, they connect. You still got to find a way to win. And that was the emphasis of that day. Find a way. Find a way. Find a way to get through the fatigue of three games in six days. You know, find a way to win on the road. Find find a way to step up when we need to step up when offense isn't going our way. So it doesn't really matter. I mean, obviously, when you have a lead, you want to protect it, but you can't play not to lose. You still got to play, you know, aggressively. And I just thought defensively we just had a lot of breakdowns. Losing to a team like Davidson, who was 3-10 and 10 in conference, is that – Obviously, you want to win every game. Does that almost serve as a wake-up call? and not the worst thing to lose a game like that before the A-10 tournament to have some extra motivation going forward and some things to work on? Slap yourself right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, we don't need any extra motivation. I mean, at this point in the year, like, we're past that. Um, so, I mean, there's no need for wake-up calls. Well, those wake-up calls happen the first two weeks, you know. And so, at this point... Mature teams find a way. I, something Gino said after they won their 100th straight, somebody asked him, what's the characteristic that you've admired most of this particular team through the streak? And he said, the fact that when we go to play somebody, we take no days off. It doesn't matter if we're playing the best team or the worst team. We don't take any days off. And we took a day off. I mean, we, we took our off day the day we played Davidson. And, you know, no discredit, no disrespect to, to Davidson. It's just that, you know, we weren't locked in. We weren't focused. And their top player wasn't even playing. She didn't even play the second half. And um, you need to figure it out and find a way to win in those situations. And we didn't. And it's not good enough. So, obviously, we get back at it and we work to get better. And, and we realize and we look at it and we watch film and we say, hey, we're better than this. And I told him I'm not taking my foot off the pedal because the second I do is the second I let you guys think it's okay. It's not okay. 
I want you to leave here. You only have four years to make special moments. You know, if I stop saying something, then I've stopped caring. I'm not going to stop caring. I want this team to maximize their efforts. So, Coach, you have a huge game coming up on Sunday against league-leading Dayton. You look over the stats for them. They're extremely well-rounded. Nobody scores a ton. They appear to be quite athletic. They block a lot of shots. They steal the ball. What's your plan to defend a team like that? We just have to limit possessions, meaning that we, you know, we kind of want to control the tempo in this game, and we try to do that right now because if we're not scoring, we – the more we try to score, more possessions they get. So we want to limit possessions. We really, the number one thing on tape to me, they've been by far the most athletic team in the conference. And again, it's a little different when you watch somebody in person, but just the way they get after the boards and get second shot opportunities, that concerns me. It, we, we definitely need to limit them to, you know, or to limit their second chance points. That That's probably going to be the number one thing to be able to beat them. Coach, I know you always pride yourself on defense, but offensively last three, 44 points, 74, and then 52. Is there a key to becoming more uh, consistent offensively? I mean, one thing against Davidson is we had 14 turnovers, and I think they had three steals, so we had like 11 unforced turnovers. That, that's unacceptable. You know, we got to take care of the ball, and that's part of the reason for slowing down a little bit because we're not making great decisions when we're pushing the ball. We want to get good shots. I mean, G struggled. I mean, she's been she's been pretty solid and shooting about 45, 50%, and she was 3 for 14 and you know Hannah struggled from the field and we had different people and to be honest I don't I'd be hard pressed other than Asnate anybody playing well against Davidson and that's been different I mean St. Joe's I thought the whole team stepped up and against UMass everybody stepped up and when you look at Bonaventure everybody stepped up you know and here's a game where I, I'm Asante's probably the only person I thought was ready to play and I don't care who you're playing you're not going to win those games especially on the road. So, Coach, bring it back to the defensive end. I mean, obviously throughout your tenure in the A-10, your teams have always ranked at the top of the league defensively, and you do so without a ton of steals or a ton of blocks. What goes into teaching a team to play defense without those almost oomph plays? You see a lot of teams that will trap their good at defense. You see a lot of teams that are very long. How do you teach fundamental defense, essentially? It's all about the details. It's all about angles. Um, we, we, you know, we obviously look at who we're playing and, and, and dictate what we're going to give up. Like, if we're going to get beat, this is what you're going to have to do to beat us. That's what bothered me about Davidson is number five Lions. The attention was supposed to be her, and she had 22 points. So, obviously, not just Lauren, who was in that defensive position, but the, when she came off ball screens, we obviously the attention wasn't given. So, that really bothered me because we didn't make somebody different step up. Whereas in UMass, we made, you know, one of their kids that is not wasn't the top kids on their scouts step up. You know, and made somebody else try to beat us, and that—that's in essence what we're trying to do. Is you know, we're going to pick our poison. We're—we know we're going to give up something. So, what are we going to give up, and you know, how are we going to dictate it? You mentioned Jamaris Davis before, and you know, she didn't have a great shooting night at Davidson, but still, she had her 19th double double of the season, night in, night night out, just so consistent. How impressive is it to watch her, you know, on a, on a nightly basis? It's funny because I don't want this to come across wrong, but there's so much more for her to give. And I told you, I thought she was really lazy in that game. I just thought defensively, like she wasn't on point defensively. I mean, and that's hard to say because we expect a lot, but you know. She's capable of it, and she's a big part of you know the defensive scheme. Like if she's locked in defensively, she's a she can she can pick up that kid off ball screens and be able to challenge that kid, and and she's capable of doing that. And uh, she just wasn't on point, but she wasn't the only one on point. I mean, the, I don't think the, as a team we were on point defensively. I mean, the last play of the game. I mean, it's it, we gave up the easiest basket for the last play of the game because we lost focus, and so that's unacceptable. And so for me, it's like. If we want to be successful, like I said to them in, in today at practice, I said everybody's goal out of every 14 teams in the A-10 is to win the A-10. 
Now, some have more realistic chance than others. You know, you got luck, you got injuries, you got a lot of things that come into play. You have a lot of things that are controllable and a lot of things that are uncontrollable. So, I mean, we have to be able to control what we can control. We can control defense, we can control effort, we can control attitude. So, I mean, these are things we need to lock into if we really want to have a legitimate shot of going after this title. Coach, uh, it's no secret that for most of the season your offense has run through G. Are there a few players or a player in mind that you think, okay, if we can really get her going, we're going to have a legitimate shot to make a good run here, a second or third offensive option? Well, I think you know what you're going to get with Hannah. You know, you're going to get her to take open shots. And, you know, there's some games she hits them, there's some games she doesn't. But, too, you know what you're getting with Hannah. We really need Lauren and um, – and Danielle Burns and, and Kate really to be, you know, Mary should be a bonus, whatever we get with her. Uh, Anna, Anna Kelly should be a bonus, whatever you get her. Danielle Padovana, they should be bonuses. We, we need Kate Burns or um, Lauren to be able to step up for us offensively. I have actually one additional question. So the, this year you have a new playoff format. Um, you know, it, it looks if you guys can take care of business, and I believe at least one of these next two games you'll be hosting a tournament game um, that would be the weekend of the 25th 26th and then if you go on to win you'll move on to Richmond what's your stance on that playoff format do you think it ruins some of the fun I mean I remember watching the Big East tournament like anything can happen because you're playing four straight days and if you get hot that's something do you think that removes some of that or do you think strategically that's a big benefit to have that week to kind of prepare I'm not a fan of it you know, I'm, I, I, I voiced my opinion at the meetings just because I felt the coaches should make that decision. And I don't feel like or, you know, I don't think we got a chance to talk about that. And so, therefore, you know, this format, there's so many more layers to it than that. I mean, you think about it like, hey, it'd be great to get the one or two seed, but you're sitting not playing for so long. And then you come in a little cold. And then what happens if you lose the first round game at home and you're the second team in the con or third place team in the conference going in I see you're not playing for three weeks you know there's so many different layers to this that probably weren't really well thought out and and I'm a big believer and we fought so hard to get all the teams in one in one site yeah. so that you could have that tournament experience and so you know I'm not a fan of it I respect the conference I respect that you know doing what's in the best interest of everyone but I'm definitely not a fan Okay. Uh, anything else for you, Tom? Well, again, no, good. thank you so much, Coach, and best of luck this weekend. We're sure you guys will knock it out of the park. I appreciate it. Thanks thank so much. You. Thanks. We are joined now by two freshmen on this Rams team, Kendall Jeremiah and Zara Jillings, both from New Zealand. Uh, guys, how are we doing today? Uh, doing pretty well. Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. Fantastic. So, I will admit that prior to this year, my law, uh, knowledge of New Zealand was limited to your rugby prowess, and they filmed some Game of Thrones there. So how in the world did you both come from playing in New Zealand to ending up in New York City? Kendall, you want to start first? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, like, Coach just found out, a bit, uh, found out about me like three months ago. No, it was, yeah, three months ago mm -hmm. in November, I guess, or September. And she saw me at the secondary school um, uh, country secondary school tournament, and she just thought I want her. Mm -hmm. That's what she told me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like quite surprised that she actually thought I was a good player. Well, clearly you ended up here, so it worked yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah. So I'd actually had some correspondence with coach uh, a lot earlier beforehand. It lasted um, probably since the beginning of last year. Um, and she came down to New Zealand to watch me play at the secondary school tournament where she happened to find Kendall as well. So, I mean, it was a double whammy for her nice. because she got both of us. So New Zealand and the Bronx are a little bit different. Uh, so what has that adjustment been like for you? 
I've got to say it was a pretty big adjustment. <laughs> I come from where I can see the ocean. I can be at the beach in two minutes sort of thing. Um, and the fact that there was definitely no beach nearby here. I showed up on the day where it was the coldest of, I think, this year. Um, that was crazy. There was a lot of snow. Uh, so I've definitely come to terms with it now. And it's a different environment and a cool experience. But, yeah, a long way from home. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, usually you can just walk around wherever you want. Like, in the streets, usually you know where you're going. But, obviously, it's kind of hard when you're in New York from right. some little little place like maybe Hamilton or... Whangarei, it's really a hard, or like a big difference and a hard adjustment. So you get here, you know, you've played in New Zealand your whole life. What has the transition been like to Division One college basketball in the United States? How do the, the practices vary? How does the preparation? Are there any similarities? What do you guys think? At least it's still the same game of basketball, so that's nice. Some things don't change, but I think for both of us coming from New Zealand, we've got not that much funding for our basketball program and to be here where everything's so dedicated to helping athletes and helping us as a basketball team succeed that's a big difference and on court it's definitely a step up to a lot more intensity um they demand really high standards you know if you're not doing your own team trainings then you've got to do individual trainings lift like watch film so yeah there's a lot on yeah You agree with what that? She said. Yeah, I agree with what she said. <laughs> All right. So, for those people that haven't got a chance to watch any film of you, can you each sort of break down your game and what you bring to the team? Um, in New Zealand, I'm known as a forward, a small forward, or actually no, both a forward and a small forward. But I'm kind of like able to help the guards if they need help, stuff like that. But I'm mostly known as a Ford. Yeah. yeah, and then I'm a combo guard, so I can sort of do a little bit of one, two, three. Um, I'd like to say that I'm also a bit of a defensive specialist, and then on offense, you know, shoot, drive, pass, make my teammates better, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the three essentials, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it helps. <laughs> um, so, again, you have made this transition, you know, in America. The team's ramping up for this. However, a question to bring you back home. Did you ever play each other growing up in tournaments? Did your schools play each other? Was there any familiarity before the recruiting process kind of brought you both together? Yeah, we played, against, uh, we played against each other since 2010. It was 2010, yeah, but, like, I didn't actually know you. But <laughs> Yeah, we both – we're from corresponding um, representative associations, so – my North Harbour team would play her Waikato team. And then once we reached high school yeah, level, yeah. Um, my school Westlake girls would play St. Peter's. And then we ended up on the same New Zealand junior Torfern team this year when we went to Australia for the o- – we went to Fiji to play Australia in the Oceania Champs. So who's better? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, you look at, at this Fordham team, and, and what's the vibe you get so far? You know, they're, they're playing well this season, have the A-10 tournament coming up. What are you most impressed with? Um, I am impressed at how they, um, pick each other up after, like, bad, or, like, hard games, I guess. Like, usually in Waikato, it's not the same. Like, if you do something wrong, you just, it's just not the same, I guess. That's in Waikato, not in Hawaii, I guess. Yeah, I think there's definitely a culture where <coughs> they want to try. Everyone picks everyone up. If you're having a bad game, a bad practice, there's a lot of coming together, being like, hey, let's do better. Let's pick it up. So that really shows. And I think on court, they've had a lot of success and hopefully with the 18s coming up even more. 
And also the coaches, they rely on everybody, not just the captains. Yeah. That's the big difference from where I come from. Yeah, I think it definitely there's a great count, you know culture of accountability. You know, here in, with what most Division One programs, it's tough to run the team if not everyone's working with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, again, the other question: you guys will both be eligible to play next year. You know, how do you how do you kind of weather that? So you're not able to play in the games. How do you approach practice each day, knowing okay, I can't play right now, but come next year, my time will be here. Um, I guess just. Uh, this is like a starting point, like where you get to know everything before your time comes, yeah. I guess. And um, like just come to practice like you are going to play, but you know when you know you're not going to, mm-hmm. just make practice uh, feel like a game. Absolutely. Yeah, this is super good preparation for both of us so that we can come in as freshmen and already have that advantage. Um, mm-hmm. So I think for me, I'm trying to do what I can to help everybody else now because it is hard for them to come and have two new players who don't exactly know the system. So I'm doing my best to take this time to learn to help the other girls improve and have someone to go against. Um, and then, yeah, give myself a leg up for starting next year. I think we're all looking forward to you guys playing next year and, you know, hopefully the good luck for the rest of this year to who is playing for the Ford Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Well, again, thank you so much, guys, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, sounds good. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you to our guests, Zara Jillings and Kendall Haramai, as well as head coach Stephanie Gately. The women have their last home game of the season this Sunday at 2 p.m. against Dayton. It will be senior day. The game will be broadcast live on television on NBC Sportsnet as well as streaming on the internet at WFUVsports.org starting at 155. The women will conclude their season at LaSalle starting streaming live at 655 on WFUVsports.org. Regardless of the results of these two games, the women will host their first A-10 playoff game the following Sunday at 2 p.m. here at the Rose Hill Gym. Their opponent is to be determined. The executive producer of WFUV Sports is Bob Ahrens. Our producer today has been Raphael Lee. For my partner, Tom Scabelli, I'm Joe Marine. Thank you for tuning in to Stephanie Gage.